0: Welcome to episode 9 of the 24 Hour Hustle Show and today we got special guests, Emmy Award winning TV personality, entrepreneur, author, and coach and speaker today on the show. welcome to the 24-hour hustle show i'm your host anthony freeze and today we got special guest Darius chisholm um i gotta say i'm definitely very excited to have you on the show uh, it's definitely been a great opportunity. I mean, the things that you've been able to accomplish is amazing, and I'm glad that you've been able to, you know, accept the invitation to come onto the show.
1: Thank you. I'm so proud of what you're doing, and you know, I love the word hustle, so I just <laughs> had to be here to find out what this is all about. <laughs> Absolutely,
0: I, I I definitely appreciate it. And then for those who do not know, I mean, you've been uh, a news anchor for Channel Eleven News, uh, you know, where you got your start and everything, and uh, you know, just to be able to have you here on the show to give some great insight as far as media goes. And podcasting and the new projects that you're working on right now I think is going to be phenomenal for not only myself but the viewers as well so uh, I'm definitely excited to have you on so um, what's been going on you know the past uh, couple days you know some of the hustle that you have uh, going on recently
1: yeah you know and it's ironic my brand is uh, hustle I wrote a book called hustle and have a video podcast show called hustle and heart TV but ironically I'm living more of the heart part of that Mm -hmm. uh, two-word definition of myself, hustle and heart. Uh, I am back in Pittsburgh, which I'm really excited to be uh, filming, filming a feature-length documentary uh, called Fifty Shades of Silence. It is a global movement to give voice and dignity to victims of sexual assault and cyber crimes, particularly Mm -hmm. online harassment. Mm -hmm. Uh, It has been, uh, unfortunately, very close to my heart in that I am a recent um, revenge porn, cyber sexual assault victim. And um, since we'll spend most of our time on this show talking about how to take your mess and turn it into your message, Mm, and how to leverage and use the resources you have when you're faced with a major challenge, um, I'll just say that um, through that personal challenge, I was really able to use uh, both my story um, as well as my platform and and my resources to not only... begin filming the documentary, but to create a website that is filled with resources for victims and advocates uh, who are desperately trying to fight this issue of cyber harassment and cyber bullying. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very proud of the work that's gone into that in in just the last few months and really excited about the advocacy and the social justice mission of Fifty Shades of Silence.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's amazing. I mean, the work that you're doing is phenomenal. Uh, and I definitely want to see, you know, some great things come out of it. And I think there will be, Thank you. Um, to be honest with you. Um, so as we always do on this show, um, let's get into uh, your origin story a little bit, your backstory of, uh, you know, how you came to be, uh, just so we can get on that a little bit briefly for people who do not know, um, you know, where you grew up, where you, you know, where you started from, you know, give us your story. I hail
1: from the D. I'm okay. from Detroit. <laughs> okay. I respect um, that. Yeah, I got
0: to respect that.
1: Um, <laughs> born and raised in Detroit. I mean, I'll make that very fast, oh. um, w- uh, went to Castech and Wayne State. I, I actually started my television career in uh, college. I was a 19 year old college student and had a talk show called Strictly Speaking.
0: Oh.
1: Uh, is very much like Oprah like back in the day at mm-hmm. WGPR which ironically was the first African-American owned and operated television and radio a station in the country wow, I didn't know and uh, I hosted a show called Strictly Speaking and we had a studio audience. We mm-hmm. could fit about 60 people in and a panel g- again. I was 19. Yeah. And uh, I would, we would talk everything from homelessness to um, issues that were impacting uh, citizens in, in the city of Detroit to celebrities. Whenever we had the fortune of having a number of celebrities that would come through town, mm-hmm. we'd have them on the show as well. So I was still in college getting a degree in journalism While I hosted that show, and prior to graduation, I got a job in Dayton, Ohio, and Mm -hmm. started working there in television um, at WDTN, Mm -hmm. and uh, finished my because I promised my grandmother I was going to get a degree, so I Uh. finished my coursework at at, uh, Dayton Community College, Uh, ended up graduating from Wayne State, and then came to Pittsburgh in '93, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, February '93, and. From there, spent some 20 years in uh, at WPXI Channel 11. So um, that's the shortest version I could possibly give you. <laughs> right. And that's
0: okay, I mean, yeah. because your story, I mean, we... That's we where got, it begins. We, right. we got a lot more to go after yeah, that. Yeah, right? I was going to say, we got a lot to cover. Um, but that's interesting. Um, so, you know, just real quick, um, what, are, what was, like, some of the best experiences that you got out of being on television?
1: Oh, my. I mean, I think the biggest thing was just the... What I hope was the impact that I made in the lives of people who watched Channel 11 each and every day. I really felt honored and humbled to deliver the news every night and to share with people what was going on in Pittsburgh. I mean, whether it was something as tragic as a car accident or a fire to more important stories and knowing that I was the voice and the face of a station that people turned to and trusted for news. Mm -hmm. There's, There's, as a journalist, you know, you really you enjoy writing and telling stories. I mean, that's part of why we do what we do. But mm-hmm. then at the same time, you also are very much seen as um, a public figure. And in that, that there's a lot of responsibility there. And so I took that responsibility very seriously and and enjoyed it and miss it to some degree. Certainly miss my colleagues at Channel 11 and um, the service that we I provide it; they provide uh, at the station. But beyond that, it's you know, it was it was a great stint. I mean, to have 20 years at a station yeah. is a long time. Mm-hmm. And I retired four years ago, and that doesn't seem like <laughs> that long ago because I've been so busy since then. Mm-hmm. But it, it's it's great to be a part, still be a part of. An incredible community here in Pittsburgh.
0: Awesome, that is amazing. So, you know, once you did, you know, um, you know, transition into a whole new journey, you wanted to get into uh, entrepreneurship. And you were doing some of that even before um, you, um, you know, stopped doing the newscasting. So what inspired you to take the leap into entrepreneurship? Because there's a lot of people that want to get into entrepreneurship, but what inspired you to take the leap?
1: You know, I have been an entrepreneur all my life. It's okay. funny, in my book, I talk about at eight years old, I was selling lemonade, um, excuse me, orange juice juice at a lemonade stand <laughs> that I put red dye in and called it Bam Bam juice. Like, I was, it had to be different. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, I was like, well, you guys want orange juice, right? Uh-huh. Not lemonade. Um, but, the, but so, you know, from even as a young child, mm-hmm. I just enjoyed being in business. And I went on to, you know, in high school, I, I had a couple of small businesses. I, I opened, I had a vending service, and so I provided vending services in the city of Detroit when I was in college to pay my way through college. So, mm-hmm entrepreneurship has always been in my veins Mm -hmm. and um, I often say I was just a television personality playing a television personality but really who I've been as an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and even through those years at Channel 11 as much as I enjoyed being a newscaster I still had several businesses Mm -hmm. and uh, many entrepreneurs particularly serial entrepreneurs Um, understand that that desire to be of service to have a product or a service out there that may in fact impact people's lives in some way or Mm -hmm. provide them with some product or service and so it's just always been a part of of who I am Mm -hmm. and you know along the way some of those businesses were brick-and-mortars where I had 16 employees and was very much in the traditional sense of owning a business Mm -hmm. a lot a lot more of it has been in the social entrepreneur space Mm -hmm. um, as a solopreneur uh, working with individuals but nonetheless, it's been a part of my life's fabric for almost so you, all of my life, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. It's been a part of your DNA for it a long part of It is, a
1: long time, yeah. yeah. That's why the word hustle, I think, just resonates with me
0: uh-huh. in the positive sense of the word hustle. Right. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, actually, let's get into that. What is? What do you feel is like your definition of hustle.
1: You know, I should have brought my glasses, but I have a clearly defined definition <laughs> okay. of hustle um, in my book and here you if you <laughs> I don't have my glasses. You can Yeah, I'll it. Definitely, there
0: you go. <laughs> so let's see. So all right, so the introduction of uh, hustle got the definition hustle is the never-ending flow of energy and commitment that sets the extremely successful people apart from the majority. Successful entrepreneurs hustle like there's no tomorrow. At every attempt, they give it their all. All of their attention, focus, energy, and commitment. Hustlers are not afraid to fail. They're not afraid to go after what they want in spite of their doubts or the naysayers. They simply remain in action, working, and enjoying their journey. Hustling is about taking action before the perfect conditions arise, taking a leap of faith before we receive permission, stepping out before it appears reasonable, and moving forward before others appreciate your next move. That is good stuff right there. That's a law definition. It (laughs) is. I mean, it it definitely... I don't know. Do you equate? Does that resonate? I would would say I agree. I mean, a lot of that, I mean, especially the naysayers because I feel like my haters are my fuel. Um, that that and uh, you know, as far as also the the appreciation and the for me, hustle is like you know the late nights, the the grind, the working from you know seven to three p uh, three a.m. in the morning and waking up early the next day and being able to have the excitement to go after it again and just having that desire and passion to just always want more. Uh, you know, I I feel like it's definitely. One of my favorite words because it's, it's something that puts you in the action mode of doing, um, which is why I, I wanted to call the show the 24 Hour Hustle Show. I mean, because it's all about hustle to get things done. Uh, and I um, I definitely want to get into this book some more um, because uh, I know you got a lot of good tips, a lot of good hacks uh, in there as well for entrepreneurs. So I, I think that's definitely awesome. So what inspired you to, to write a book? Because there's also people that want to get into, you know, motivational speaking and coaching and things like that. So what inspired the book? What, what was the, the, the concept? It
1: was actually a few different things. One is there's there's a lot in here. Obviously, my story is there, but it's truly about discovering the hustle and the heart of an entrepreneur and what it is that... Uh, for people like you and I, that fuels you, that drives you, that keeps you moving, that allows you to take a leap or a jump of faith, even when the circumstances don't appear that they're right. I mean, and I would, I think any entrepreneur, particularly those that have had to amass a great deal of courage to take that leap, understand this. Mm. And so what I thought I would do was to figure out, okay, so what is that? And, and, and so when you need that jolt, how do you Deliver that to yourself? How do you appreciate that? What what sets you apart from anyone else who says, yeah, I want to start a business, but then they never get off go? And mm-hmm. there's truly a difference there. Oh, yeah. And that's what, what I thought to look for. The other thing I will say, and I've come to appreciate this more, and it may just be because of my age, but then the journey and the process of going through this is that, you know, you can be in this hustle for a very long time, mm-hmm. and it's very much, it, it, there's a lot of self-appreciation and, and promise in it. But there's gotta be something more to it. Mm-hmm. And that's why this the use of the word heart is so closely connected to the work that I do for entrepreneurs and even for myself. Because the level of enjoyment, first and foremost, is what I believe has to be there. If you don't enjoy what you're doing, even if you're hustling for it, it doesn't matter. There's right. You've got to enjoy it. So what does it mean to love your journey? Love every aspect of that, mm-hmm. from the good and the bad. And so the hard part is truly loving the journey, appreciating where you are, trusting that you are on your life's purpose or mission as you hustle, giving to others, Mm -hmm. right? Receiving in that process and truly being of service. Because as an entrepreneur, in most instances, you're serving someone or something. Right. And so in that, do you truly appreciate that and enjoy it? And that's always my quest for people who... Uh, are who want to come to understand the hustle of an entrepreneur. So yeah, we got that part, but you better love it,
0: right? Absolutely, because it's
1: not enjoyable if you don't.
0: Absolutely, I mean, you gotta. It's got to be something that you could get emotional about. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's five things that I know for myself that I always think about all the time as far as my mindset goes. Is you know, number one is my mindset. What information am I putting in that is going to influence my mindset? Um, two things that I could think of is. Uh, books I read and the people I associate with so mindset is number one and then you know you do that over and over again and the next one from that is your belief um, how, how much do you believe in that thing and then right after that is um, when you have a high belief level of something you get you tend to get emotional about it especially if somebody tries to combat you on it um, so being emotional having that belief level and also being emotional about it and having those two things tied together I feel like it's huge uh, for people, and then also, you know, just to wrap things up, but with it um, having the right attitude, and then also hustling to be able to get it. So I think those are definitely great points. Um, what are some stumbling blocks or, or challenges you think most entrepreneurs uh, encounter in the initial phases of starting a business uh, that they can uh, do to overcome those things? Like, What are the challenges and how can they overcome them?
1: Yeah, so I'll take what you just said a step further and that leads us into some of what the challenge is. I think in most cases we know to read good material. Absolutely. I mean we probably, I read constantly Mm -hmm. and I could give you a long list of books that I think every entrepreneur should read. It's certainly very important to be in collaboration and working with others, mm-hmm. and because that is definitely uh, a one way to learn. Mm-hmm. If in fact you're still learning, but then also to find resources and to be aligned with other uh, entrepreneurs, and then there's a sense of knowing, right? Like mm-hmm. you gotta know. There's there's a sense of having some faith about what it is that you're pursuing. Mm-hmm. But where most people in my opinion get caught up is lacking the courage to take action. Mm-hmm. It's not even in taking the action. Mm-hmm. Most of us are in action constantly. Mm-hmm. But the question is what is that action and where is it leading to? And are do we have the true courage to take the right actions? I'll tell you most people's test of courage. When it comes to writing a check, mm-hmm. or spending some money, they lack courage. And most entrepreneurs have gotta be willing to spend money to get something done. Mm-hmm. Period. Absolutely. You, it takes money to make money. Mm-hmm. And you. that's one of the signs of, do I have the courage to move through? Now, mm-hmm. the question becomes, well, that's great, Darius, but I don't have the money to right. spend, right? Th- there are resources. It, that's when you get creative. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Especially in this day and age. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's when you that's when you look deep mm-hmm. and you then look around and then you use those books and mm-hmm. you use those connections and you figure out, how can I? create the financial resources that I need available to invest in this business or to move this project forward or to do whatever is in place there. Mm -hmm. There is where your courage and your test of conviction lies. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, it also becomes when I face those dark, um, dark moments, if you will, those times when I'm personally challenged, when I feel as though I've just been so far out here that I'm not quite sure that this is the right test, take another step. Mm-hmm. Ask good questions of yourself. What should I do? Where can I go? What is next? What is possible? And I think that in those er- those times, that's when our entrepreneurs really have to step back, and- because it's never really skill set. You can learn what you need, and absolutely. you know this. I mean, you oftentimes people will, you know, when we say it's it's ninety percent attitude. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The 10% is, the, is the, the practical steps that you can be taught or you can learn or you can read about. Mm-hmm. It's about always adjusting, measure, monitoring, adjusting and controlling both
0: your attitude and your level of conviction and courage. Absolutely, I, I feel like a lot of what you just said was definitely key, a lot of good insight for sure. And that actually leads into my next question because one of the things that you said uh, a lot of people kind of struggle with is the investing part in the getting their business going. So let's get into funding. How would someone go about funding their business? What are some ideas, what are some strategies that someone can do to help them invest into their business? Especially, like I say, in this day and age. I'm curious, what are some of your thoughts on this? I know I have some, but um, what are your thought processes on some of the things that they can do to help fund their business?
1: Well, if you're, have, you have a side hustle and you're working and you're start trying to start a business, A, don't quit the job.
0: Right. First, first Absolutely. and foremost,
1: because people, you know, yeah, I know we get these ideas and we're ready we really to jump want, and go. Uh, and it's uh, like, business. oh, yeah, I'm going to just quit my job and go. I,
0: now, I, yeah, I was going to say the same thing, but, you know. I so could,
1: let's start there because we need a good base. Right. So don't quit your job. In fact, work a little overtime mm-hmm. because you need the extra money. Right. Amass some additional money so you have it available to pay for some of those things that obviously need to be paid for. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, it becomes, okay, so how can I creatively... Um, whether it's crowdfunding and we certainly know there are lots of ways that you can crowdfund to raise money for a particular project, Mm -hmm. Um, developing corporate sponsorships and sponsorships with other companies that may want to come on board and either lend you resources in-kind resources and or money available if that's possible you can ask for loans Mm -hmm. the other thing is that you know I am a huge believer in in living debt free I've been debt free for for many years and so while I use credit cards I pay them off Mm -hmm. but I will say that early time sometimes if you've got a card that has money and you need to make a purchase for your business make it That's an investment. Mm -hmm. You can write that off. Don't sit around and say, I don't have the money available when in fact you do. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big believer in dipping into your 401k if there's money there. Mm -hmm. But you either have that as a means, if you truly believe in what your business is, Mm -hmm. if you truly believe that you need this money and funding to go forward and you have the resources, choose them. Because talk about taking a leap of faith, talking about believing in yourself before the time is right, sometimes we have to do that. The other thing that will do is I bet you you'll get into hustle mode, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I bet you you'll work a lot harder <laughs> then, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. You got you got something on the line you now. You got something on
1: the line. And and I think oftentimes people just don't feel like they have enough on the line. So that's why people give up so quickly mm. because they don't have anything to lose mm. or anything to risk. Mm. And in that
0: really lies the true potential for greatness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, that, that was good stuff right there. I mean, uh, it, that was good Um, and as far as like even taking it further some ideas that I also had in mind like you can even sell stuff on eBay or even on Amazon or or let go like I'm pretty sure they got a ton of stuff that could
1: be you can do a um, you know a Get something you can sell online, as you say, you can do a garage sale. Oh my I mean, gosh, there's yeah. so many things that you could probably offload or get rid of Absolutely, that might be of some value to someone else that mm-hmm. could, you know, get you a few extra bucks and then use it wisely. Absolutely. Yeah. The other thing I would say is also to figure out strategy-wise what, what are the, purchase that, the purchases that absolutely need to be made today mm-hmm. and then figure out the costs associated with that and then start looking at things in stages. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we think of projects and then we get overwhelmed because we see, Oh my god, it's going to cost us $300,000 to launch this project. Well, you may not need all of that right away. Mm-hmm. What is it that you absolutely need right now and where can you resource the funding for for it? Mm-hmm. I think when we get into this creative thinking of asking ourselves questions like where can it come from? What else can I do? Where else can I turn as opposed to looking at what is temporarily mm-hmm and then being blocked and sidetracked, it's like you've got to be much more creative Mm because that's the mind of an entrepreneur anyway, right? Absolutely.
0: And I know even for myself, I mean, another thing that people can do is just I cut expenses. Um, I know for myself, I'm fine with eating ramen noodles for a couple of years to get to the, <laughs> you know, I me mean? to get to the goals that right. I really want. Absolutely. Because I mean, it's the payoff in the in the long run. I mean, to be able to do some of those things. I mean, maybe you live in an apartment or, or something smaller, something that you're not living above your expenses.
1: Yeah, you know, I I for a long time subscribed to nearly everything Dave Ramsey used to say about living. I love deaf. Dave Ramsey. I love him, and and really for me that totally changed personally the way that I looked at money mm-hmm. um, and being debt-free but you know he he has a quote he says live like no one else so later you can live like no one else mm. so in that is taking those short-term sacrifices and as you said if you need money to fund your business and it means ramen noodles versus you know uh, a Going to some fancy restaurant, right. then that's your choice. Right. But live like no one else now so later you can live like no one else.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, to your point, as far as like, you know, reading Dave, uh, Dave Ramsey and things like that, um, we can get into some books as far as like some information that entrepreneurs can read. Like, uh, I know you mentioned earlier there's some good books that you think every entrepreneur should read. So, what are a couple good resources that people can start to develop their mindset um, to help them progress into building their belief and starting to get into action?
1: Yeah, I have two that are I think are absolutely fundamental and I have lots of books but two of them particularly for entrepreneurs and that's Think and Grow Rich mm-hmm. by Napoleon Hill yeah. um and The Science of Getting Rich by Waddles. Oh, um, I've heard of that one. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, both of them I think are very good baseline books to start reading and really prepping your mind. Uh, for that which I think is really important. The other thing is to move from more of the practical steps that books like Think and Grow Rich give to you Mm -hmm. um, which I think in some ways opens you up to um, what I call wealth consciousness and so from there moving into books like Abundance Now from Lisa Lisa Nichols um, and the various different books to really move you into this um, mindset of not only looking at the practicality of money and how it flows but the attraction of abundance and prosperity, mm-hmm. and that really does require a self-discovery, but also just kind of an opening up to what is possible. And if you truly believe that you are a part of this divine universe that is providing for you, uh, then it really is about stepping into this larger belief that you can attract anything it is that you you desire, anything it is that you are wanting. But part of that becomes what are you desiring? What is it that you truly desire and why? Mm -hmm. And then trusting this process and flow of receiving uh, because you are focused on attracting that.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then uh, another question I want to ask um, because one of the things that you are very active on is uh, social media and using your platform to promote your Uh, your book and your coaching and uh, the things that you're doing Uh, one of the things i want to get on is uh, your podcast um, because there are also um, some people that may want to be able to start their own podcast and you had hustle and hard tv which i think is great Uh, you know what inspired you to start that and then what was the process like to initially get that started
1: so I am always thinking about what's to come. What are what's the trend? What's in place? And 4 years ago, video podcasting was relatively new on the scene. Mm-hmm. Podcasting had been around for a while, it kind of died off, and now we've seen this emergence of people doing podcasting and in your case yours is considered a video and it could be considered a podcast if you put it out on a podcast directory. Mm -hmm. And so I looked at that and I thought, wow, this could be a perfect opportunity. I'd since retired from Channel 11, that I could use my interviewing skills to really dive in and look at the hustle and the heart of an entrepreneur. And so as I thought about what platform would I want to do that on, it became very clear for me to think about, well, definitely podcasting, but I want to do it in video, so I'll use YouTube and my website so as in many platforms as I could possibly present the material that's where the that's where it came from then it became the fun part of mm-hmm. okay so who am i going to interview <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know while i love having a a, a beautiful studio like this to work in we i pulled together a crew and we'd take three cameras out and we'd go on location mm-hmm. and interview those entrepreneurs in their home and their businesses and their locations to really unlock and um, really p- peel back the layers on what does it take to be successful, and what are you doing, and why is this working, and what are your, what are your challenges, very much like the conversation that we're having. Mm-hmm. And that was that was clear to me that that was a great way for me to not only use my skills from television, but then to also use my passion around entrepreneurship and empowerment and self-development. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to really put together two very strong seasons Um, that uh, did very well on YouTube as well as my uh, the the website hustleandhearttv.com but what really became a beautiful surprise to me is how well we did on iTunes. Mm -hmm. We launched it on both iTunes as an audio podcast but as well as a video podcast and because there were very few people in the space and still is to this day Mm -hmm. we were able to shoot to number one and we were number one for two months on iTunes which afforded us lots of viewers all over the world Mm -hmm. so to this day when I go back and look at the analytics and the numbers there were people from the Netherlands and Hong Kong and Israel and places. I, I, I have lots of friends all over the world, but I mean, some of these people, I'm sure I didn't know. But they were watching the show, and that felt so incredible. But it, it a couple of things happened. It made me realize that we are we are in such a global space, mm-hmm. and our ability to connect and engage with people all over the world is instantaneously on the internet. Absolutely. And when we when we restrict ourselves to our own county lines and states and don't realize the power of what we have through the internet mm-hmm. and through things like podcasting and YouTube and iTunes, we really, as social entrepreneurs, have the whole world as
0: our playground. Absolutely. Absolutely. Actually, that, that gets me into one of my favorite things to talk about, which is social, uh, social networking and, and, and marketing online and things like that. So what is your approach to marketing your business?
1: Well, it depends on what the business is, mm-hmm. um, and certainly I think depending on which of those social platforms you naturally gravitate to. We know that we've got you know, um, Facebook, um, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, LinkedIn, mm-hmm. YouTube, mm-hmm. ITunes. I mean, we can really talk about it. But but it's it's more an inclination as to where you comfortably feel as though you want to put your brand out. Mm-hmm. Because you'll do it more often. Right. If, if Snapchat is a challenge for you, just because everybody's there and they're kids, doesn't mean that it makes sense for you. The other thing is to also identify where's my target audience. Right. And if, if in fact, though, your target audience is on Snapchat, mm-hmm. that's where you need to be. Mm-hmm. You need to learn to love it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Because that's where, right? Really. So really it's what do I have to offer, but then where are the people that I'm I'm looking to engage with? Who's my ideal target, Market and more importantly who is that person Mm -hmm. because the more you can narrow it down the more you know your avatar the more You know who that person is You're going to be able to relate to them and speak to them in a language that only they understand and most people feel like if I That's too narrow. I need to be broad. Mm -hmm. Well not with internet marketing right why because it's busy like there's a lot of chatter Mm -hmm. and you know you've got to be able to cut through the chatter and the best way to cut through the chatter is to speak directly to the person it is that you're trying to speak to so I would say if your goal is to be successful online that's one of the most important things is to identify who am I talking to, where are they What's the messaging, and then be very consistent with that messaging. Be mm-hmm. very consistent with doing that.
0: So for yourself, where have you been able to find uh, your specific target market, and where have you found the most success for yourself for, uh, for doing hustle and hard, and doing your coaching, and also we'll get into your documentary. How do you plan on marketing and spreading those things out?
1: Yeah, well, actually, both online and offline. I'm still a huge proponent in doing things offline. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, it's, you know, it's great that we can all occupy a space online but I think we connect more genuinely Mm face-to-face. So I still do a lot of speaking events. I still network, I spend a lot of time either hosting workshops or retreats or speaking events or being a speaker to connect with an audience that way. Mm -hmm. Um, They they can find me online. I'm a huge email database marketing junkie, so all of that makes sense, Mm -hmm. but there is nothing like the face-to-face connection, so I would say that. But in terms of online, Facebook, has prime. It's just when I when I finally warmed up to it. It took me a while because uh, I'm much older than you. But when uh, I finally warmed up to it, that made sense to me. LinkedIn, but then with all the videos that I do, YouTube. Mm-hmm. So it's just a natural extension.
0: Absolutely. So for somebody who is you know growing their business online and they they want to expand, um, where is there a specific place where you feel maybe? Um, The best right now do you think it may be Facebook or does it depend on? um, Just what place they may be comfortable with the most
1: you know I think it's as I said before it's about where are you most comfortable, but then really where's your audience if Mm -hmm. you if you know That your audience is on snapchat and not linkedin then you really do need to be Understanding how the different platforms right Mm -hmm. and then you know Very early on I would say that I felt as though I you know just the organic the natural uh, process of posting and sending out information mm-hmm. really allowed me to, to build my following that way. You know, now obviously you can spend a ton of money on paid traffic, mm-hmm. which I still don't understand. <laughs> I mean, I, I you know the the analytics change often, and so it's mm-hmm. somewhat complicated. But there are lots of people who are very successful uh, by leveraging you know their paid content through advertising on any one of these social uh, networking sites and typically what is needs to be in place is what's called funnels. So if you don't have enough funnels in place, there it is. with enough mm. content that mm-hmm. you are engaging that community once they get into your funnel and you're sending emails or you're doing live videos or you're doing something that works for them, then so what that they found you, you've got to stay in contact with them. And that message, again, has got to be completely clear to them about what they're looking for. Exactly. And
0: then for people who don't know what funneling is, that's when someone may come across your content and then they can, you know, maybe search you on your website. They can get involved in a newsletter to be able to stay more engaged. and you can be able to stay in constant contact with them all the time and giving them updates. And you always got to have content to be able to provide value up front to the people who are your audience, essentially? Um, so, if somebody is, you know, building up a nice little following online, they got a, a funnel in and all that type of stuff. How does someone go about monetizing their business online?
1: Yeah, and so that really depends on what you have to be monetized. Okay, right. And many of us who are in this solopreneur space who have info products that could look like a book, a course. Uh, a coaching program you know something that is delivered electronically mm-hmm. and that people purchase and then they consume online. Or it could be tickets to something that they're going to come and see face to face. If you really want to leverage the whole offline, mm-hmm. some people have products and ser—I mean, products, tangible oh, products. Absolutely. That, you know, you're you're in their funnel. You're engaging with them because you want that particular product. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's really important if you're going to spend any amount of time building an audience, building traction, is to first give them value. But you need to have something to be monetized on the back end. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, it should be multiple. Streams of income. There should be multiple points at which people can engage with you, and so I have a philosophy of that. You know, obviously, there's a lot of free content and information on the front end, Mm -hmm. and arguably, you know, I could say that hustle and hard TV for my viewers, as much as I spent a lot of money and a lot of time doing that, was entirely about info. Mm -hmm. You watch it, you get great information, great. Hope it. I hope it changes your life. Hope it impacts you in some particular way. Fantastic. But because you were receiving that content every week, you also got to learn about my book, about my coaching programs, about coaching with me one-on-one to help you grow your business mm-hmm. and help you become more visible and and leverage uh, multimedia platforms and strategies. So because that was what that is what I do as a coach, it made sense if you were watching me that you might decide, hey. I think I want to start a podcast mm-hmm. or I want to learn to speak on stage or I want to develop videos or you know write a book and so I naturally was able to to extend those offers to the audience that I was building you know who are watching the, the podcast and ultimately got into my, my
0: database. Right. One of the biggest things that I think people can also monetize if they're doing a lot of things online, uh, let's say, for example, they are a life coach or they or a business coach and things like that, one of the biggest things that um, they can monetize is speaking engagements, uh, which is something that you've been able to do a lot of. Um, so, you know, based off your experience, what can you tell us, um, you know, from your personal branding that you've been able to develop over the years, how have you used your personal branding to be able to get involved in doing more speaking engagements and being able to do that?
1: You know, and I'll I'll bring it to the point just to kind of share with what I'm doing now with Fifty Shades of Silence. Mm-hmm. I mean, Fifty Shades of Silence is very much a social justice project. There are a lot of components to this that that is very activist and advocate in mm-hmm. that if nothing else this is about giving voice and dignity to victims and mm-hmm. so before i even think about if there's any monetary solutions in that for myself it comes from a place of truly wanting to help other victims and mm-hmm. and which is why i have a number of speeches that are lined up of which there is no pay for it i'm not interested necessarily in that i really want to impact the lives of of victims uh, in some way. However, it does take money to do a project like this. I mm-hmm. mean, we have a $372,000 budget for a film that we've got to raise funds for. Right. Uh, and so if people get the message and understand that this documentary, when complete, will truly be that, that uh, film that not only uncovers these issues around cyber crimes and sexual assault, but looks at why we don't have strong enough law enforcement and legislation in, in place to protect the victims and adequately punish the perpetrators. If you get that, if that for you is something that calls to your heart, then you might decide that you want to donate. Mm-hmm. And for filmmakers, I mean, and this is now a, a totally different totally different conversation oh, but so i'm bringing this into this whole thing around monetizing things. so, you know, when you're f- documentaries don't make money. i mean, we, you know, you spend a ton of money and you, you hope that people enjoy it and mm-hmm. you know, it sends a strong message. but but independent filmmakers like myself understand that in order to get these projects completed, it really does take people donating. it's the 5, 10, 15, 25, $100 donations along the way mm-hmm. for people saying i believe in this project. i see What's going to happen, and because ours is so multifold, it's not just a film, it's a website and a movement that it does take what I call a village to raise a movement. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in that, you know, we we ask for donations, Mm -hmm. and that's a different model for me. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've always been in business to have a service that people pay for. With Mm -hmm. this, I'm you know, if you want to donate 25 bucks, go to the website and, and, and donate. So it's a different it's different and, and of course we've got things like crowdfunds and eventually we we will do one on Indiegogo mm-hmm. but at the time the, the, the emphasis is to get to the right people and to interview them and there's all costs associated with that uh, beyond that to go back to this question about as a speaker mm-hmm. how do you monetize oftentimes when I do speak I'm typically talking about I'm in the space of entrepreneurship so I'm talking about how to start grow and expand your business Uh, how to become more visible, how to turn your mess into your message. And in that, from the stage, I am pouring that into the audience and then offering at the end of that the opportunity to, A, get more resources and information from me. In fact, I have something called uh, Seven Steps to a Successful Side Hustle. It's, It's a download, a video, an audio. So people can start to understand that, but beyond that, purchase the book. If you're really interested in moving your business, consider coaching. Mm-hmm. You know, look at that. And so on the stage, at some point, you're getting to know me. You're getting to see the message. And if if in there, you identify with my life's journey and the work that I do with entrepreneurs, you might say, you know what, I'd like to talk to her more about coaching. Or Maybe they want to take my workshop formula course, which is an online course to teach you how to have successful workshops and retreats. So that's always in place. Mm-hmm. That's always there. But I truly do speak at this point from this standpoint of service and and trusting and knowing that you know there'll be a book that comes out of this. There'll be other opportunities to monetize it, and um, you know because as an entrepreneur, that's important. But in this moment of my life, this is truly about being of service to other people who are in that same space. Mm,
0: you're truly at the hard part.
1: I am at the, I said that when I walked in yeah, the door. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, I'm, I'm living, I'm in this This place of of how can I be of service? How mm-hmm. can I help others? What does, you know, I've, I've had a beautiful career and, a, and, a, and, and frankly, a beautiful life. And so as part of that, you know, how do I be of service? I mean, I would imagine that at some point someone may say, all right, I got a I got a message, so I want to turn it into a movement. Teach me how to do it, mm-hmm. and you can best believe I can. <laughs> so you know, right. there's a program. Right. You know, there's a you know I'm tooling around with a new coaching program around having everyday courage and having the courage to to fight through the mess and to release the shame and the blame and to 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 choose today as your day to start over and to go for your goals and dreams and mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm certain that will become some form of a coaching program um some form of a book mm-hmm. and so at that point for those people who are ready for that that'll be available for them as well
0: right so now that we're kind of like in the heart portion of this episode which i think is great too i mean because you got to have the heart as well um let's talk about you know your 50 shades of silence project that you're working on. Uh, and for people who do not know, where did that stem from and how that all came to be about? And what is the the goal that you're trying to accomplish out of this um, uh, for people who do not know?
1: Yeah, yeah. So Fifty Shades of Silence really came from my own personal experience with revenge porn and cyber sexual assault. I was, um, my life was threatened uh, multiple times by an ex-boyfriend who I cut a relationship off from some time ago and um, he originally started with threats if I didn't return to the relationship and when he couldn't make good on the threat to kill me, I picked up my cell phone one day and I saw photos and videos of me nude and naked that he had taken while I was asleep living with him in Jamaica. So he had taken this like a year prior and had held on to it and was extorting me, essentially, saying that if I didn't return, if I didn't come back to the relationship, that he would send those out on social media and put up a website. Now, given my celebrity and credibility and all that I've ever worked for, he knew that, obviously, that could be very damaging. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, it kept me very silenced. And as I continued to you know, say to him, take it down, stop. He wouldn't. He was relentless in it. And then eventually he put up a website and put all of those photos on, Mm -hmm. uh, which at the time, you know, was available for anyone to see. And I knew then that I needed to act and and be much more aggressive uh, about this. And so um, I hired an attorney. I am still in the process of both civil and criminal charges. But what I uncovered in this process is that there are thousands of people who are being cyberbullied, have cybersexual harassment, or cybersexual assault, or revenge porn, or whichever term you plan to use for it, uh, and are facing incidents. In my case, these weren't even photos or videos that I gave to him, mm-hmm. let alone allowed, wanted him to use. And there are people who, unfortunately, are sharing their content and what might be considered consensual sharing. Whether it's consensual or not, the fact remains for those of us who don't want it out there we should be able to adequately express that to internet companies and providers to have it removed not so easy mm. and that's where i discovered that it cannot be that all of a sudden the perpetrator still has the wherewithal to use the content to defame or discredit or destroy someone and then i also looked at legislation there are only there's you know now you know over 30 states that have some form of legislation on the books to protect victims but they're things like misdemeanors. The punishment is not nearly enough for the type of shame and blame and uh, pain that the victim experiences. and And we know that, you know, there have been multiple cases of children and adults committing suicide because of this. Um, it is I liken it too rate. Mm. I mean, and, and oftentimes, simply because that material is available for people to see, constantly Mm -hmm. day in and day out and it's that exposure is so damning and humiliating and embarrassing and so as I looked at wow the lack of legislation and the fact that people don't talk about it enough and uh, even from a global standpoint I mean mine is an international case there are no real things in place to help protect us from that standpoint that it became very clear that that I needed at least to do something about this, and so I decided that I would use my voice, my story, and my platform to not only go public about what I was experiencing, but to shoot a documentary to to tell this story as wide and as broad as I could. So we have interviewed multiple victims that from cyberbullying to cyber sexual assault to even luring and human trafficking and human sex trafficking, which is an extension of this behavior that goes on online. Mm -hmm. So I've interviewed them, I've interviewed advocates and law officials, or excuse me, lawmakers and um, legal experts who are crafting laws and bills to put into place for tougher legislation. So it's you know when it's done. My goal to answer your question is is very widespread. First off, is that we um, have distribution on multiple platforms. First, I'd love for it to win a few uh, awards at film festivals, so mm-hmm. you know there that would go. be nice. Um, but more importantly, to have theatrical releases, so people can host the screening of the movie in their own communities, whether it's at theaters, or churches, or schools, or universities, or organizations, and then afterwards, open the room up for dialogue, so we'll provide a syllabus with talking points and a list of potential invited guests, so they can talk about what are ways that we can be more proactive uh, in not only protecting the victims, but having uh, more punishment in place. But then, how do we become, as a social society, how do we become more responsible around posting, texting, and sharing? And to mm-hmm. that degree, how do we do that? And then what do we do with children? Right. You know, That doesn't mean they should go to jail for the rest of their lives, right. but we should be more impactful in helping them to understand the social ramification. They have weapons in their hands when they use them in it with the intent to harm someone. So how do we help to police that and, and help them? So the film, you know, when released theatrical, also available online so that people can download and watch it mm-hmm. as well. Uh, The website, which is up and available, and by the way, it's 50, the number, 50shadesofsilence.com. We have filled it with a number of different resources to help people to learn how to get the website taken down. Mine has been shut down. Mm. How to proactively get it shut down. How to get content removed. Who to turn to. We even have partnered with a group that provides a 1-800 number so people can call and get assistance right away. Uh, What to do with children. What are some safety precautions that you can take? Um, along the way. So those are all the things that are instrumental. And we're calling for angel ambassadors, people who say, yes, I want to be a part of this. I'm here to help. You know, I'll host a screening. I'll share the message. I'd like to donate, you know, whatever. So the website is there. And um, I'll say as a final piece that I have, as I said, just really become a, a strong advocate in this space. So I am, my calendar is beginning to fill up with speaking opportunities to to take this offline and into communities and into organizations. And I've said, if I have to go to the UN, I will, because I am that uh, committed to this cause, especially because so many people are impacted, but we're all gonna be on the internet. It's not going away. Oh yeah, not So at if all. we don't figure it out now, what do you think's gonna happen in the next 10 years? Right.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So when is this documentary planning to be finished and and everything like that?
1: Well, we're filming now. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll continue to film for the next few months, and then we'll get into post and editing. And then comes uh, the potential for distribution. And so not any sooner than next fall. And that would be hustling. (laughs) (laughs) That would be the definition right there. That would be, like, if that happens, that's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, you know, I would say within the next year and a half. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. But along the way, there's still a lot that can be done. I mean, so, you know, I tell people, go to the website now. Leave us your name and email. You know, get on our Facebook page. Be involved. You know, we, there's there's a lot of things and work that can be done now, um, especially if you care about this issue. The other thing I think that's really important is we are at, we're at a watershed moment in our country right now. There are more people who are now speaking out about sexual assault and rape and abuse and violence. Mm-hmm. We see this with the Me Too movement. Uh, I'm so proud of the number of victims who have finally said, I am ready to voice, and thus the name Fifty Shades of Silence. Mm So our movement is very much parallel to this movement of giving voice and speaking out. And so to the degree that I can encourage other people to speak out and, and, you know, even on our website we have Share Your Story even if even if you don't want to be in the documentary or the book to come if if you care to share it with us you have the ability to do it and it goes nowhere mm-hmm. that alone is fr- there's freedom in that there's mm-hmm. so much freedom in just saying me too mm-hmm. this happened to me and never again and so to be a part of something that at this day and age Has become so social in this space Mm -hmm. is is somewhat timely
0: yeah being able to create that community for people to to feel comfortable be able to share their stories is is huge
1: it is huge and and it takes a lot I know it personally I couldn't say anything for a very long time Mm -hmm. I was so afraid and so ashamed and I thought you know what, what would people think of me and and then when I realized a couple of things one it was to release the shame I didn't do anything wrong. Right. I unfortunately was in a relationship with someone that I knew that I needed to cut off. But what happened after that was totally on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Victims oftentimes are blamed and shamed, which keeps them silenced. But then they give up their power to that predator or, or person who's doing this for fear that more of it will happen or others will point the finger at them versus them. And it's important for victims to know that you can release your shame, you can release the self-blame, and you can coalesce with other people who understand that, who can help you stand in your power. And even if you can't find the courage to speak up right now, let our voices help you find yours.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So after everything is all finished and and said and done, um, where do you see yourself going in the next... You know two years five years What what's the the long-term goal what's the the legacy that you want to lay out uh, that would be Darius Chisholm
1: Wow I appreciate you asking that um, it's interesting because my tagline under on my website is leadership leverage lifestyle and legacy yeah and I'm now living the, the legacy piece of that so that the film obviously is around for a very long time and that while the content obviously will change over the years uh, that it was very much a part of a, uh, the early stages of where we are in this space of cyber assault. Um, that personally, even to the degree that, that my case, I believe, um, may set some precedent. If not here, definitely in Jamaica where this started because there are, there's, there's a lot, I've got the U.S. Embassy and Homeland Security and the FBI involved in my case, it's mm-hmm. and, and we are in such gray ground. So I think that um, some of my situation probably will will set some precedence in the courts. Um, Beyond that, where I see who I am and the person that I choose to be through this is not only to continue to be an advocate and and, and an activist in this space, but to truly empower people to have everyday courage. So I see when this is complete, as I said, a book and and, um, speaking engagements and courses around taking courage when we're facing our biggest challenge, mm-hmm. turning that mess into a message, owning it, releasing the shame, truly finding those everyday acts of bravery to move you from being stuck and stifled and blocked into your best version of yourself. You know, it's it, it feels like the natural extension of all of the work that I've ever done mm-hmm. and then my own personal experience and what I had to get through to develop Fifty Shades of Silence and so if I can impact other people's lives in that way so that it's in a very positive way to help them uh, course correct in their most challenging moments, then I, I think I will have served and, co- and done the work that I, I know I'm on purpose and on mission to do.
0: Absolutely. So as we, you know, as we get ready to wrap, um, is there anything that, um, you know, that we may didn't cover that, um, you want to share, or want to talk about, or uh, you know, what would be the message that you say that you want to, you know, truly impact on people, uh, or anything of the, uh, anything of that nature.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess there's a couple things. One is I think that when you, when you feel as though, and most times as entrepreneurs, when when we get this thing that goes on in our belly and in our mar- in our hearts and in our souls, and we say, yeah, this is what I'm here to do. This is my life's work. This is my life's mission. Is that you follow that. You know, I I truly believe that, you know, we are sometimes given divine guidance and appointment, and there are provisions that go along with that. We've got to trust that. We have to trust that that idea did not come to us in some fleeting moment without the other pieces being in place to help it manifest and come to fruition. Don't block the blessing. Don't get in the way of that ultimately becoming what it is. So the the message in that is keep dreaming. Mm I keep believing. Keep knowing that I am here to serve a greater purpose, and that in spite of the temporary challenges or setbacks, I can move into that greater version of myself. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is not a the show where we're going to talk about faith or religion or anything. <laughs> that, you know, I'll just I'll leave it up to the the fact that you know I'm a huge advocate of meditation, of mm-hmm. prayer, and of journaling. And often, if we can find our resting time as these hustlers out here doing our business, if we find those moments where we can truly connect to God, our source, whatever, um, and trust that we are in this for a greater mission and a greater purpose than just ourselves, mm-hmm. it changes the way you do things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, it really does. and. You know, it's, it's hard sometimes when we're looking at the checkbook or we're trying to figure out why the phone isn't ringing or we're not, to, 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 to suggest that we're not here to do that. And when you get to those times, ask. Mm-hmm. So what would you have me do? Mm-hmm. Where would you have me go? How is this supposed to unfold? Mm-hmm. What are my next steps? Mm-hmm. You know, we, the message is probably all being delivered consistently. We just clog it up because <laughs> we get so busy doing so many other things. Right. Um, So I would say that, and um, just as a side note, but you brought this up earlier, and this is to pivot back to the title of your show, Mm -hmm. which I absolutely love, (laughs) um, and to what we were talking about, which is this 24 hours. You're absolutely right. We all just have 24 hours. And for those of us who have these big, grandiose dreams, right, um, we then feel as though we're limited by the time that we have. And you know, I'm often then, I question myself, well then why is it that people can become mega successes and they got the same 24 hours that we do, right? Exactly. Now granted, they've been at it a little bit longer so mm. they can employ other resources and delegate, but even in the space that we're in, I, I offer to most people, my clients that come to me and say, oh my God, I'm overwhelmed, I don't have time, I can't get it all done. Trust me, I've, I feel that. And then I remind myself of a few things. And one of them is to get everything you need on a calendar. Mm -hmm. Like it should all be in there. Color-coded, whatever you need, put it on a calendar. Secondly, and maybe more importantly, it's the language that we use when we feel that we're overwhelmed. When we start to say things like, I'm overwhelmed, I'm tired, I'm broke, I don't have the time, I don't have the resources. You're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. And you've given yourself no space to find that either. Because you've just declared... I'm overwhelmed. I don't have the money. I don't have the resources. Instead, we need to be creatively asking questions like, how can I find the time? Mm -hmm. How can I find the resources? Speak it
0: into existence. Speak it
1: into existence, but then ask a proactive question so your mind can start finding the answers for you. Right. So you have to change the language because... I'm overwhelmed and I'm stressed out only gives you more overwhelmed and stressed out. Exactly. All right. So change that language, that's most importantly. The other thing is to figure out how can I delegate? Who can help me? You know, even if you don't have the funds or the money or the resources available, you may have friends or family or other people that can help you, so that you can leverage your time. Mm-hmm. We cannot do it all. Right. We might think we can, <laughs> and I often wear an S on my chest, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm aware that you know it's it's it doesn't happen. So the question becomes, who can you delegate to? And and as you start to earn money really start to think about using that money to leverage other people's time and resources. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we sometimes want to go buy more stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's important in some businesses to buy stuff, but invest in other people who can invest back in your business in time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So having that opportunity to, to figure out how can I delegate and how can I leverage. And the other th- thing that I would also mention is that I think we often underestimate how much time it's gonna take and then overestimate the results. Mm. And we really need to be carefully thinking about it. And the best way to do that is to always measure, monitor, adjust, and control. So whatever the project is, if you've got a timeline or a deadline, you should be looking at this weekly, daily, weekly, monthly, and measure, monitor, how am, do I need to course correct? Am I actually on track to getting to that goal that I set that's six months out, a year out? you can't wait till you're a month away from it and then decide to look at it and say, oh, we missed all of those things in the last five months. Right. Really, measure, monitor, adjust, and control is something that should be implemented almost on a daily, if not weekly basis. I so like those that. would be my points to, to time management and managing your 24-hour hustle. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> time management is highly important, yeah. especially within those 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so in wrapping up, what's the best place people can get in contact with
1: oh, you? Oh, great. Absolutely. So my website... Dariathchism.com. So Dariathchism.com. You can watch Hustle and Tar TV there You can get a copy of the book (laughs) You can learn more about my coaching programs I even have if people are interested in in, uh, Having a um, 20 minute uh, Discovery session with me It's free uh, it's, I call it a clarity session. So if you're really interested in business and you really want to move your business to the next level, if anything that I've shared with you is something you resonate with, schedule a call with me. I'm happy to talk with you about it, and we can look at, at, uh, at coaching and see if that's something that makes sense for you. Um, the other thing is for 50 Shades of Silence, uh, if it doesn't directly impact you, you may know somebody that it has, and they may not be talking about it. And the best way to, to know that is to just share it. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, we, we've got a Facebook page We have a Twitter page, an Instagram page. The website is 50, that's 50shadesofsilence.com. Go there, leave us your name and email address. Look at what's there. We're still in our early phases, and so in the next month to a year, you'll see what's going on, Um, so that's really important. And then I want to give a free gift if Okay, I can.
0: absolutely. Um, we love free. Yeah,
1: yeah. So um, it's my seven steps to a successful side hustle. And so since we're talking about hustle. Yeah, we're um, all about the hustle. Yeah, and you can use those seven steps for just about anything. Um, but that's as simple as mm-hmm. going to jointhenewhustle.com. Jointhenewhustle.com. Leave your name and email, and then I send you a download and audio, a guided audio as well as a video. Uh, the other thing you could do is if you're into texting and you're watching, just text 33444, four, four. that's 33444, four, four. and then enter the word unleash, hit send, and then leave me your email address, and then I'll send it to you that way.
0: Awesome. Well, that's good stuff. A lot of good information on this yeah. episode. Uh, I definitely appreciate you being on the Absolutely. show. Um, Absolutely, yeah, I'm sh- so proud of you. I appreciate you it. what you're doing. Thank this you. is awesome. Yeah. Absolutely, we should do a recap video after maybe um, the um, film is done and oh, everything like that. I would love to. Yep. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, now that we know what Derek Chisholm does with her 24 hours, <laughs> definitely like and subscribe, comment down below, and let's go to the next episode. One, two, three, five